Welcome back to another episode of Disc Read Air, the podcast where every week we dive into the extensive and fascinating library of the greatest selling video game console of all time, the PlayStation 2. I'm Derek Kicker. And I'm Ian Golding. And this week, we are tearing Greece up like Brits on spring break in God of War. Holy fucking shit. I don't even know what that means. Brits do like spring break in Greece, don't they? I don't know. Sure. Yes? Yes. The gods of Olympus have abandoned me. Uh, God of War, God of War, God of War. I think this is the biggest game we've done so far. 100% it is. This is kind of an odd game in that I this is I would say this is clearly one of the biggest PlayStation franchises. Yeah, I Still, mean this is, you know, I might be revisionist historying this, but I feel like this turned the tide in the console wars and you couldn't play this on no Xbox. Yeah. And so Ian has played this game a lot and played it when it came out and everything. And I have never played the ancient Greek saga of God of War. I have only played the new ones until now. Shocking to me. That is shocking. Yeah. I had dipped my toes into God of War 3 for a minute when the HD remaster came out on PS4. But I had never really played this game other than at a GameStop kiosk the first, first part of this game. Right. The, hy- the Hydra level of this game. Was that when it came? was about to come out or was coming out? Yeah. yeah this yeah, was, yeah. In ev- was on every kiosk in ev- any Everyone. place you could buy video games. This was like, and I honestly think it might be like, I mean, I don't know. I haven't played God of War 2. Mm. I have done Good. a bit of reading and some people, I guess a lot of people consider God of War 2 to be better. It is. But I mean, this game was a big deal when it came out for sure. Huge. I just, it Huge just wasn't deal. my... I didn't it didn't seem like it was my kind of game. I was really into the horror stuff and I was really into like RPGs, ner- you know, nerd shit. Yeah, and I I I will say I feel like having those in kiosk. This is a game that you look at someone this isn't a game you can, you know, some games like sometimes my wife will watch, watch me just play video games and she doesn't have to play and she'll just enjoy seeing what I'm doing. This is not a game like that. It doesn't look like it's that fun. But as soon as you pick up the controller, it's fucking perfect. Yeah. Tr- truly, I, I went into this com- pretty much blind wow. um, because it's very different than the newer God of Wars. Oh, yeah. Uh, but boy, did I enjoy it. Let's talk about the development history of God of War. Uh, God of War came out in North America on March 22nd, 2005. So about a, you know, a midlife release for the PS2. Mm-hmm. It was published by Sony. They clearly had a lot of faith in this and was developed by Santa Monica Studios. So uh, looking at their development history, there really is... Only God of War, the God of War games, all of them. And then previously, at the beginning of the PS2 lifespan, uh, they developed a game called Kinetica. I remember Kinetica. Yeah, which was like a racing game. 
I yeah, I think it was. And you wear like a suit, <laughs> a, and a you like grab suit. the wheels. Oh yeah, yeah. That's not it, a lo- good game. it looks it looks odd. It it looks like it was reviewed well. Okay. It was I guess maybe trying to fill that hole that F Zero left, and then they have some external development games, which I'm not sure what that means. Like maybe it was their idea. And then they just uh, outsourced it to another studio. Something like that. But the game was directed by David Jaff. Yeah. He's the man. Yes. Uh, And he created one of my favorite franchises of all time, Twisted Metal. Fuck yes. And not only did he uh, create Twisted Metal, he uh, was heavily involved in the best ones. Which is Twisted Metal 1, Twisted Metal 2, and Twisted Metal Black. After that, I don't recognize that there are any Twisted Metals. I'm sure there are. Well, he I did just... the 2012 one, too, which seemed like a complete like reboot of the franchise. Right. But 3 and 4 um, were Dog fine. Shit. They were just like, yeah. I don't know. Didn't, it didn't seem mm, any more special than no. 2. 2 was the one that got that hooked me. And yes, he was the director of that game. He also was a designer on Mickey Mania, which is an overlooked, I think, uh, Super Nintendo game. Okay. Wow. And before that, he was a tester. Of course he was. Of which is was. which is great, right? You know, yeah. you want you want someone who plays games making games. That's uh, true. You don't he, want the money guy to be like, hey, let's yeah. direct this fucking thing. So he was a tester. He's credited as a tester on Cliffhanger for the NES was was is this I'm sorry is that cliffhanger is that based on the film no right yes. yeah it is no fucking way yeah 1993 oh. it's a beat em up on the Nintendo Super Nintendo Genesis and Sega CD wow so he tested that yeah and he said I'm going to use this someday to create a seminal franchise for yeah Sony yeah PlayStation 2. Yeah, that was the key. That was the moment he knew he was going to be. He was like, I'm going to do big things in this business. Yeah. Testing cliffhanger. Me. Santa Monica Studios began development in 2002, and the working title was Dark Odyssey. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Uh, David Jaff said that while the idea of for God of War was his own, the concept owed a debt to Capcom. Because he played one of my favorite games, if you might remember from the top five PlayStation 2 games podcast, Onimusha, and said, let's do that with Greek mythology. Holy shit, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. And uh, that might be why I like this game so much. Yeah. Uh, I would say that playing this game, the first thing that came to my head was Devil May Cry. But Devil May Cry and Onimusha... The similar There's... development teams, both Capcom yeah. games, like you know that 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 kind of it's that kind of game. Yeah, they're spiritual brothers and sisters. And then, uh, then he said he was inspired in part by the 1981 film Clash of the Titans, which is super funny. He's saying the the real high concept for me was merging it with a heavy metal magazine. <laughs> Again, yeah, I get it. Wow, yeah, I, this is eye opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The game uses the same uh, engine that Santa Monica developed for Connecticut. Oh, neat! So that's I mean that's so weird, right? Like, what was the what were they talking about? They were talking about how they in Dead uh, that guy from Dead Space was saying that he used the Tiger Woods golf engine, right? 
for part of Dead Space. It's so fucking. I mean, before like the Unreal Engine yeah. became like the everything that everyone uses, I guess. Yeah. I guess you just were like, well, what can we afford, and can it get it done for us? The yeah. licenses. That's crazy. But Jeff said the creative team's goal was to make the player feel brutal. Letting their inner yeah. beast free and just going nuts, which yeah. this shit definitely does. Congrats. It was also described as merging the action of Devil May Cry mm-hmm. with the puzzle solving of Eco. I don't necessarily agree with the comparison to Eco, but hey. Nah, there's. I think it's a little bit. In fact, Jap himself compared the game to Prince of Persia series, which it definitely feels more Prince of Persia than it does like Eco. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Sony gave Jaffka nearly complete creative control to develop the game on his terms with a pretty big budget. And you can this this game feels big budget. Of course. Which yeah. is which is odd considering Santa Monica Studios came out of nowhere. Yeah. I was just going to say that's really weird to give a guy a blank check who hasn't. I mean, who has done some stuff. He does some stuff. before. I guess Sony he earned all that goodwill from Twisted Metal. Yeah. I, yeah. And Twisted Metal really launched the original PlayStation. Yeah. And Twisted yeah. Metal Black was a, a huge part of early PS2. True. True. And it's very funny, too. I, I do think it's funny that this game is called God of War, because if you don't know, like, if you haven't reached the end of this game, no, you're like, why the fuck is the name of this game, uh, like, not the main character? No, it's named after the bad guy, you think? It's named after the, yeah, it's, it's not only named after the bad guy, but it's like, it's named after a bad guy who's largely absent throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He's just yeah. the, he's not the MacGuffin, but he's like the yeah. thing you're trying to get to. Yeah. But he's not mm-hmm. omnipresent in the game. No, all. he's not showing up fucking with you. Yeah. In fact, you don't even, he doesn't even, he almost doesn't even acknowledge you until like 80% of the way through the game. Yeah, third act probably. Yeah, like near the end of the third act. Yeah, so the demo of God of War was called God of War the Hydra Battle. Mm-hmm. And this is what everyone played. Yes. Before it came out. And I want to say, like, I like demos. And especially in the PlayStation 1 days, I was a huge fan of demos. I oh, had, yeah. like, the PlayStation Underground subscription. Of course. You know, I, I, I remember beating the hell out of the Jersey Devil demo. Okay. Uh, but this might be the greatest demo of all time for a game. Yes. Yes. Like, I can't, like... This demo is so good, <laughs> and it's basically, the demo is basically the first part of the game, yes. which Kratos, which has Kratos, our main character, fighting uh, a Hydra amongst <laughs> a bunch of uh, ships that the Hydra has attacked, and it is fucking wild, and we'll get into the gameplay in a minute, but honestly, I'm having a hard time thinking of at least on PlayStation 2, a better opening level of a game. I have been thinking, but we, little behind the scenes here, we discussed this last time we recorded, audience, Derek and I, and I'd mentioned this, and since then I've been trying to think of a better first level, I can't come up with one in a PlayStation 2 game at least. I really can't. I really can't think of one. It is just, it is everything about the game that you want. Mm Mm-hmm. Like it, like th- th- some of the best puzzles are in the first level. Some of the best fighting is in the first level. Some of the best level design is in the first level. 
They put um, it. They put and I would say so level much. design is something that this game does struggle with at certain yeah, points. That's but true. this first level just out of the park. I remember. I forgot how I acquired this demo. It was probably with a magazine. I played the fucking shit out of it. Even though I, you know, I beat the the demo. I probably played it a hundred times getting ready for the game. And then I got the game and I walked through the first fucking level. Yeah. Because I was a fucking master at it by then. And it's a demo too that has like a, a significant amount of replay value. Because yeah. you get through it, right? And, and then you're like, oh, I could do this quicker. Oh, I can find all the, you know, all the orbs, all the blood yep. orbs. Yep. All the war war orbs. War um, orbs. And yeah, I mean, it's it's just a ton of fun. And this game was up res, remastered for the PlayStation 3 along with God of War 2 for the God of War collection. Which again, and I I might have said this on the podcast before, but I think is the best thing the PS3 ever did was just uh, doing HD remasters of PS2 games and then releasing 100%. them as collections. Hundred uh, percent, with the exception of the Silent Hill collection, which is dog sure. shit. But yeah, and it's it's never it's never been remade though. I think you can play it on the PS4 Plus or PS5 and stuff like you that. You can, yeah. Um, I played it on the PS2, though I do have the collection. Because, but honestly, I won't, I don't think this game looks bad no. uh, at all. Like I, I, there are a couple like in-game cutscenes that look wonky. A little wonky. Yes. Uh, but like playing the game and the cutscenes, I think they're pretty good. No, it holds up. It holds up. I would say revisiting it. You know, we've, we've dealt with this before where we've both had played a game and went back to it and was like, oh, this, I didn't realize how much how shitty this looks now. I didn't have that Killzone. experience playing. Yeah. Yeah. Killzone. I did not have that experience at all. This, I was just like, this is exactly, exactly how I remember it. It, you know, it doesn't look dated for some reason. It doesn't look dated this game. And somehow the controls of this game, uh, have managed to like not feel dated at all, which mm -hmm. makes you not bump on anything visually. No. Like if there's no if there's not a lot of gameplay hiccups, it's harder to notice like small, you know, seams in the in the illusion. Yeah, exactly. But let's talk about the story of this game. Ten years, Athena! I have faithfully served the gods for ten years. When will you relieve me of these nightmares? We request one final task of you, Kratos. Your greatest challenge awaits in Athens. Where even now my brother Ares lays siege as we speak. Athens is on the verge of destruction. This has a very complex, uh, very emotional story um, <laughs> that sometimes is a little campy, but yeah. is kind of, I don't know. I could, they did a novelization of this, and I I'm very interested that. in at least listening to the audiobook because... Sure. I found myself really invested pretty quick in yeah. this story. Absolutely. So this game starts out, uh, I mean, not only with the amazing opening level, but it starts out with one hell of a cutscene, which <laughs> has Kratos committing suicide. Sure. The first thing you see in this game is the main character uh, bloodied and beaten 
and about to end it all by jumping off the highest cliff in Athens. <laughs> and then we get, then in typical movie fashion, we get a three weeks earlier. Oh my fucking, I mean, <laughs> again, for the time that the device was not yet as fucking tired as it is now, but it's also super back. funny. Cause it's like, this is, this is shit that like, this is shit that like the last of us does, you mm-hmm. know, like the last of us plays with time a lot. And like, yeah. is, a, is a story first game. And I do not think that this game, there is no real comparison to The Last of Us in this game. Uh, Mm -hmm. This game is a gameplay first game, whereas Last of Us is very clearly a story first game. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, But they really do commit to this story in this game. 100%. 100%. Uh, They're not flippant about it. It No, they go all the fucking way. Things tie back. In fact, there's an incredibly satisfying thing that happens relatively early in the game that does not resolve until literally moments before the final boss battle. Correct. And it's kind of it's it kind of caught me off guard. Because <laughs> like, it, oh, they it, forgot it'd been fact. like twelve hours of playtime since oh, I'd seen this thing. And then it just came back and I was like, holy shit. Oh no. Like, oh yeah. That guy. <laughs> yeah. Him. Um, but the story starts out with Kratos uh attempting to commit suicide and then it does a flashback. And the overall plot of the story is that Kratos uh, was, you know, your regular God-fearing Spartan. Sure. And as his Spartan army went to war with uh, the Barbarian army. Oh, boy. um, Desperately outnumbered, in his moment of need, Kratos begs Ares, the god of war, to spare his life and smite his enemies. And Eris, seeing, like, what a fucking murder freak Kratos is, is like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So he gives him the Blades of Chaos, Mm -hmm. which are honestly one of the coolest fucking weapons of all time. They're just daggers on chains, but the chains are, like, stuck to his body, like, seared into his flesh. Yep. And Kratos rises and fucks the whole barbarian army up. Mm. Uh, puts them on their fucking asses. Yeah. And the deal is, is that he's like, uh, he's Ares' bitch at this point. Well, he's he's his right-hand man. He's like, yeah. you go take care of that. Yeah. Like, I'm, that's not God shit. Like, you take care. Yeah. Yeah. So, for 10 years, I think it is. I think it's 10. Yeah. Yeah. He makes a comment about 10 years, but it, it also, there's a, there's a couple weird time things with this game. But mm. for about 10 years, he basically just goes town to town wherever Ares wants people slaughtered and slaughters them. Yeah, just makes, um, a, makes a career out of it. Yeah, this is my career now. Yeah, I'm a I'm a, I'm a war dude. I'm a warman, and eventually he ends up at, at a village, and the village is entirely is is a village dedicated to worshiping Athena, mm. who uh, Athena and Ares don't like each other. No, they got bad fucking blood. They got yeah. beef. Yeah. Come and got blood, bad blood. You know, the Taylor Swift song, it's about sure. Athena and Air. That's true. That was written as a companion piece to God of War. Through some truly uh, big brain thinking, Ares is like, you know what would make Kratos just even better? 
an even better soldier <laughs> is if I tricked him into murdering his own wife and daughter. Yeah. Which he successfully does. And then, yeah, Kratos realizes what he's done. And for some reason, it doesn't work. Yeah. He doesn't it does, become it, a more obedient soldier. It kind of does the opposite. And Weird. <laughs> After this oracle, uh, there's an oracle who is very funny. It's a very funny mm-hmm. in the cutscene thing to me that she's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> she tells Kratos like, you don't want to go in there. Mm-hmm. Like she just dropped a deuce or something. But no, <laughs> no. She he, she tells him he doesn't want to go in there because his family's in there. He murders his family and then she curses his bitch ass. Hmm. By taking the ashes of his family and coating his skin in it. Bonding him to his skin, yeah. Yeah, which is why he is, like, white, like that. Bone white, yep. Yeah, which is so fucking metal. (laughs) It is so metal of him. And the red stuff is like, uh, Arius was like, I'm going to burn you. Basically... What happens after that is Kratos is like, fuck this. I'm going to kill you, Ares. Yeah, you're mine. And on his road to killing Ares, uh, several other gods of Olympus are like, hey, Kratos, could, could, could we help you out? Could we help you out here? Could we give you some powers? And, uh, we don't we like don't... Ares either. <laughs> yeah, Ares is kind of a fucking bitch. He's yeah. fucking everything up. Like We like it when people like us, and he's... Literally transformed himself into a skyscraper and is just stomping on people in Athens. Because again, Athens, Athena, Athens. Yeah, no, no. They don't like each other. And Ares is like, I'm just going to stomp on this city, throw a temper tantrum. And he does it. Yes, he does. And, but, you know, the the, the real god of war are the friends we made along the way. So Kratos uh, is a man on a mission. This is, and this is not like a, it's something incredibly inventive, you know, a man going to avenge the murder, uh, you know. But what he really wants, and the deal he makes with Athena, is that if he kills Ares for her, she will, the gods will forgive him for murdering his family and rid him of the nightmares he has of killing his own family. Basically PTSD flashback. Yeah. He's got he's shell shocked to shit. Yeah, yes. And uh is desperate for some sort of relief. He just wants to get some sleep at night, man. Yeah. He just wants just, to get some sleep. He just wants some Z's. Yeah. So that's that's the overall story. Then it kind of it goes here's the thing is is that, that that's like the basic premise. And then yes. midway, not even midway through, a third of the way through. Uh, it becomes apparent that there's no way he can actually kill Ares on his own. And the rest of the game becomes a hunt for Pandora's box. Yes. Uh, because inside of Pandora's box is a mythical artifact that will allow him to kill a god. Yes. Which leads to some of the coolest and most annoying shit in this game. <laughs> so let's get into the gameplay. Because it is the standout part of this game. 100% agree. This game is so easy to pick up and enjoy. While at the same time, the combat system in this game 
is v- can be very complicated. It's it's uh, what is it? Uh, days to learn, a lifetime to master. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's one of those like I don't know. I, I for I, I I mean the comparison to Devil May Cry is right there, right? Like of Devil course. May Cry. There was a lot of uh, hype about people doing like the juggling, right? Yeah. Where you like chain your combos and you're just like whipping these people into the air and keeping them there. Yeah, and that's and this game has a lot of that, but it also has such a variety of enemies that require different techniques that yes. you know you can button mash your way through the beginning and through some of the like you know, middle levels, but mm-hmm. you will hit roadblocks that you cannot mu- button mash past. Yeah, you you cannot rely on the things that get you through early to get you through mid and things that get you mid to get you through late. It's it's a learn. There's a learn a learning curve here, which yeah. is f- one of the beauty, beautiful yeah. things about this You game. have to evolve as a player throughout the game, which is what stops this game Now, there are times in this game where uh, it feels like it's starting to drag. Yeah. Some of the desert stuff feels like it starts to drag. Then there's, like, the Hades level, which is just kind of fucking annoying. Yeah. Um, But this game makes you evolve your play style. And it does that because you gain four different powers that you get from different gods. So early on in the game, from Poseidon, you get this ability where you do like an AoE shock around you, an area of effect shock around you that hits all the enemies. And honestly, if I play this game, and I probably will all over again, I'm throwing all my points into that motherfucker. It is by far the most useful of all of them, which brings us to the RPG element of this game, which is that you... uh, gain blood orbs when you kill stuff and you can spend those upgrading your blades of chaos or you get a big sword later in the game and you can upgrade that or you can upgrade your abilities that you get from from the gods from the gods so poseidon gives you this aoe thing aphrodite gives you the head of medusa why not? Which you can use to uh, turn enemies into stone. It's a little wonky to use, but can be very powerful, especially if you upgrade your Blades of Chaos all the way. And then Zeus gives you a lightning bolt, which helps because you, there are some enemies that are that need to be taken care of by via range, and it's mm-hmm. the only real way to attack them. And then Artemis, at one point, will give you her sword. Yeah. Uh, and the sword is fine. It's no, it's no chains of chaos. It's not, it's like, and, and like, I don't know. I got the sword and I was like, do I need to start putting points into this fucking thing? But no, no, no I, no one has ever put points. in. Yeah. I thing. just kept on doing the blades of chaos and that was fine. <laughs> I never and needed you that. Are. <laughs> I never needed that sword. And nope. then, uh, near the end of the game, you'll get uh, an ability to summon the spirits of Hades. Yeah. And that's a good one, too. And it's yeah. particularly helpful uh, in, the, like, the very end of the game. And, yeah. And so you get all these things, but every time you get one of these things, it changes the way you have to play the game. And it's usually, sword notwithstanding, 
almost a clue as to what's coming. Yes. Right? It does key you in to what's about to come. For example, right after you get the Medusa head, right? um, A, using the Medusa head shows you how the Gorgons work. And those will be a a huge pain in the ass enemy for the rest of the game. Huge fucking pain in the ass And they are susceptible to the Medusa head. So it's a good way to kill them. But right before you got the Medusa head, you were introduced to the Minotaurs, who are also throughout the entire game and suck ass. Just a huge pain in the ass. Most annoying fucking enemies. Just like, I think the only ones that I hate more are the Sirens. The Um, Sirens? uh, Yeah. I don't know if we're going to talk about the Sirens. But you can adapt your play style to take on these new enemies, which leads to another thing that this game does really well is introduce new enemies as you go. So in the beginning, all you're fighting are like these, like zombies, soldiers, basically. They're just like dudes that are fucking around or something. Yeah. But then you get minotaurs and you get the gorgons, which are the medusas just going around. And they'll turn your ass to stone. And if you get turned to stone, you got to wiggle to get loose. And if you Remember don't that. get loose in time, they will one-shot you. Yeah, they'll kill you. It, and there are times where you're fighting, like, there's one in particular near in the middle of the game where you have to fight, like, seven of them at once. I died so many That's, times. That level is seared into my fucking memory as uh, controller-throwing frustration. It is Screaming so at three in the rough. morning. I was yeah. so mad. But, yeah, the combat is the standout of this game. The combat is incredible. It's evolving. It's intuitive, in a sense. It's incredibly satisfying because it feels so brutal. And every attack feels good. Like, it yeah. feels like you're, you know, you're really swinging these fucking things. And it's, it's just, it's, it's hard to think of another game that has as enjoyable combat. I think Devil May Cry has really enjoyable combat. Onimusha has really enjoyable combat. And you can see that influence in this game, and this yeah. game's just taking it to another level. There's a vi- like it's visceral, like you feel like you're. There's it's 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 hard to describe, but there is I, I agree. There's a connection between what you feel like you're doing and the damage you're fucking doing to these fuckers. Yeah, that's... it feel it's kinetic. <laughs> yeah, it's kinetic. Yeah, it's kinetic. And not only is it kinetic, the sound design on this game is so good. That I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, you not only feel the hits, but you hear the hits, and you hear when a hit's not working. Yes. So there is very good visual and audible cues to tell you, okay, this attack isn't working on this enemy. Got to mix it up. Time to mix it up. Yeah. And, and I'm not shitting you when I say that there is new enemies at every point of the way in this game. Like. Yeah. You get you get to about the halfway point in the game, and you're like, I mean, I fought everything. What mm-hmm. left is there? You know, you fought sirens, you fought the Minotaur, you fought all kinds of shit, and then all of a sudden, there's this like Cerberus, like three headed dog, the three headed dog that yes. throws like puppies at you, and if you don't kill the <laughs> puppies quick enough, they turn into their own three headed dogs, and they throw puppies at you, and, and it's so a on, chain and so on. A fucking nightmare. To deal with. But aside from the combat of this game, which is clearly the thing that everyone's going to remember, this Mm -hmm. game also, like we said earlier, has some RPG elements with the way you level up your skills, 
Uh, you collect eyes of Gorgons to increase your health bar. You you collect Icarus feathers or feathers, Icarus feathers yeah. yeah, to increase your basically your mana bar, your magic mm-hmm. bar, your magic, which yeah. is important because Matt, you cannot. I don't think I think unless you're like a pro God of War player, I do not think you can beat this game without magic. No, there, I I don't. I'm yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure I'm someone's sure done someone like has. a level yeah. one Blades of Chaos run, uh, you yeah. know, on Twitch or some shit. But like the normal player, it's just not. It's not gonna happen. Nope. You get you get swamped with enemies way too quick. Uh, this game also part of the combat of this game. There's a lot of quick time events, which yeah. I mean that was the that was the thing that was what was going on in this time. You know, yes. I know everyone co- like the the famous example is Resident Evil Four, and everyone hates the Resident Evil Four quick time events. I would say that these are equally as frustrating. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because I'll give I'll per- the perfect example is the Gorgons, right? Yeah. So the Gorgons, uh, their quick time event, which is like basically when you get a quick time event, it's like an execute move. Yeah. Theirs, you have to rotate the analog stick perfectly. In, yes. in whatever direction props up on the screen. But some of them are like three quarters of a circle. Some of them are half a circle. That is so fucked. And if you fuck one of them up, she just beats your ass. <laughs> it's so fucking annoying. To the yeah, point it's... where like once I see the quick time event, I'm just like, okay, I got to go beast mode on this one. Because at yeah. least they're somewhat close to death. Right, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. you don't have to do the quick time events. You can skip no. them. One thing I wish I would have known earlier on in the game is that there are large sections of fighting enemies that you don't have to do. You could just like run yeah. past them. Like you don't you, you do not have to kill everything. That makes the next playthroughs a little bit a little bit more fun where you're like, "Oh yeah, I don't have to do this." Yeah, at I don't have to all. kill these motherfuckers. There are yeah. places where like uh, you know, fog doors show up uh, and block you from, you know, you shall not do a you shall not pass thing until yeah. you've killed all the enemies in a zone. Uh, but especially in the Athens section early in the game, you can like run past a lot of these motherfuckers. Like you don't yeah. have to, and th- but the game does a good job of making you kind of want to kill everything because it feels so fucking good it to kill things so in this game. Good. Now yeah. this game also uh, manages to not only be a crazy action game, action adventure game, not only have RPG elements, but it's also kind of uh, an enjoyable platformer. Yeah. There is the, the, a, a, quite a bit of platforming in this game. There's some wall scaling. Uh, most of the platforming, I'd say, is very enjoyable, with the exception of the Rings of Pandora, where you have to jump on a fucking spiked barrel from some stairs oh, and the then jump onto barrels. a ladder. Yeah. I got crushed by that fucking barrel a dozen times. <laughs> And I watched YouTube videos. Like, I, I pulled up a long play. I'm like, how does this guy fucking do it? And proceeded yeah. to watch some other guy get fucking crushed get by fucking the thrashed. crushed yeah. by it like 10 times before he just like lucked into it. And of course, I finally lucked into it. Uh, let's see what the critics had to say about it. Yeah. So, God of War received universal acclaim. <laughs> yes, I don't think we've heard that phrase when we've read these reviews yeah, Not before. at all. It has a 94 out of 100 on Metacritic. Damn. 
Yeah. Uh, Tom Lane of CNN wrote, God of War is the type of game that makes you remember why you play games in the first place. Which, I think that's a perfect summary. Absolutely. Nailed it. Finally, one of these fucking video game writers got it right. <laughs> uh, Raymond Padilla of GameSpy said the gameplay is excellent and has some of the goriest, most exaggerated, and over-the-top violence I've seen. This is true, and I love it mm. because some of the basic enemies that you can just grab right away, you can choose to either stab the shit out of them with the Chaos Blades, mm. or if you hit triangle, you literally rip them in half. Yeah, because you're Kratos, and that's the kind of thing you would do. Yeah, it's it's kind of incredible. 1UP gave it an A+. Eurogamer, a 9 out of 10. GamePro, a 4.5 out of 5 stars. GameSpot gave it a 9.3 out of 10. GameSpy and GamesRadar gave it 5 stars. And IGN wow. gave it a 9.8 out of 10. Wow. Yeah, I think all deserved. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I don't think I'm talking out of school here. I think this is the best game we've played so far on this podcast. Yeah. I'm biased because of my history with yeah. this game, but this is, this is the best game. Like, I think Jack and Daxter is close just because that's more the kind of game that, like, I would be into back then. Yeah. And I think Jack and Daxter is stands up as well as, like, a huge franchise for, God, for PlayStation 2. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say this is the best game we've reviewed so far. And I'm going to rank this. I'm going to rank this 9.5 out of 10 uh, accidentally killed <laughs> citizens of Athens. <laughs> 9 out of 10 of those people that were running away from the monsters, and I didn't realize they weren't enemies, so I killed no. them. <laughs> They come right at you, and you have no fucking idea. Yeah, I was like, instinct. Yeah, they're screaming, and I'm just like, ah, murder, murder, murder. Nine yeah, and a half out of ten of those. I, I'm being, a, I'm being a punk ass, but I'm gonna, I can't, you can't give something a ten. So I'm gonna match you. I want to go, I want to go ten. I really want to go ten, but I'm gonna go nine and a half. I can nine and a half. Yeah, I can think of one ten out of ten game on the PlayStation. I know, I know, and and to me, it's. It's not this. Nine and a half out of ten. Fucking awesome. Fucking Blades of Chaos. I don't even know. Everything. Uh, gods of uh, uh, murdered families. Murdered Whatever. Nine and a half out nine of ten. Nine and a half out of ten snickering oracles. There you go. Well, that was God of War from 2005. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, ring the bell, do the stuff. You can follow us on social media at Pod on Instagram. And you can find me at Funeral Casual Games. And I'm at Ian Golden Games. And you can also find us on Whatnot, doing video streams of our podcast and uh, selling the occasional game at Funeral Casual. And in June, we have uh, an upcoming charity stream where all the money will be donated to the Trevor Project, which provides self-harm prevention resources for LGBTQ teens. And that'll be a good time. So give us a follow there. Give us a follow on all the things. The Twitter, if you can figure out what it is, because we don't remember. We don't fucking remember. And, We're not going to remember. <laughs> and we will see you next PS Tuesday. See you next PS Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Bada boom, bada bing. Bada boom, bada bing.